0: Sweden in Transition, the podcast that meets change makers in Sweden. I am Sonia Le and today I meet Hélène Helberry. Hélène is a purpose guide. She helps develop progressive organisations with a purpose-driven culture where employees contribute and grow. She is also the founder of Till4Till Till Sweden, a network to spread new ways of working in our rapidly changing world. During this conversation, we will learn what a TIL organization is, referring to the famous book of Frederic Laloux, Reinventing Organizations. Helen will also share examples in Sweden. We will, of course, discuss the very specific context of the pandemic and see if it accelerates this transition. Hi, Helen. Welcome. Thank you, Sonia. Nice to be here. And thank you for having me here. This podcast is called Sweden in Transition. How would you describe the transition we are going through right now? Oh, I think we're in a huge transition right now due to the pandemic that
1: we're all trying to cope with. When it comes to organization and leadership, which is the area that I'm focused in, I think we're going to see some major changes. We're all already sensing and feeling those changes, but I think they're going to be even more accelerated when we're through this pandemic.
0: Can you introduce yourself briefly and explain how you got to work on this? Sure. Uh, I have a master's in
1: economy from the beginning, and uh, I have been working as an auditor for seven years. But then I just felt that, well, it's not the numbers. It's the people that I want to work with. So for the last 25 years, I have been Working with leadership and organizational matters, mostly as a consultant, I've always talked about the courageous leadership and that we need to empower the people within the organizations. And when I came upon the book Reinventing Organizations, it sort of dawned on me, here's the platform for what I've been talking about. That's when I founded the Teal for Teal network. I just wanted to spread the ideas and inspire CEOs and people managing the organizations to see that there are new ways of organizing and uh, managing the companies. And that was back in 2015.
0: I would like to spend some time to introduce this notion of teal organization. Maybe we can start by trying to describe what is wrong with most of our organizations today. We can see that a lot
1: of organizations are stuck when it comes to the hierarchical or bureaucratic way of organizing people. We need to find more flexible, agile ways of working because change is so rapid and we need to sort of sense what is going on and quickly adapt to the changes because otherwise you're not going to be relevant for your customers in the future.
0: In this book, Bullshit Jobs, there was this figure of only 13% of the employees being actively engaged. The lack of purpose at work. Some people feel that their work is lacking meaning and utility even. So all that are also signs that some organizations are not meeting expectations. Exactly. The numbers are a little bit better here. But when you look globally, it's around 13%. So we need to do something. Can you talk us through the development stages that Frederic Laloux developed in his book? Sure. He describes them in different colors. So the first color is red. He
1: compares that level with the wolf pack that there is a strong leader and that leader is the only one who can make decisions and Tell people what to do. We might not find organizations like companies and so forth, but we do find like gangs, the mafia, and so forth in this uh, level. The next level is Amber. We have sort of progressed in the evolution. So here we can see that the mandate is more distributed, still the strong leader, but the leader now can tell other leaders what to do, and they can go on and tell other people in the organization. So the, the hierarchical levels are growing here. And this is where we find the church, uh, the army, some... Um, administrations. Uh, yeah, public administrations, yes. And then we have the orange organizations, which I would say are the most dominant Level when it comes to organizations, this is where we find the hierarchical organizations. We are building more effective structures. We can describe how we work in terms of processes, instructions for workers, maybe in a factory or in in other parts of an organization. So this is the, the major way of organizing right now. Um, And this is also something that has been really effective and good for us because during the 60s and 70s, when this got the predominant way of working, it has developed a lot of good way of living for us. But it's also created some problems that we are facing now with the climate change. And then the next level is the green level, which is the value-based companies. We can describe them with a sense of being a family and that we care for each other, and we take common responsibilities. And from that, we go into the teal level, which is like the living system. And the teal is like a blue-green color. Here, we have three different principles that are guiding the company, and that is self-management, wholeness, and purpose. Those three are the guiding principles in this level. So that's a short description of uh, the different stages.
0: Yeah, and going back to the main stage that uh, describe our organization today, it's the parallel with the machine. And we speak about input, output, processes, mm-hmm. resources, human resources, natural resources. So all the vocabulary is basically taken from engineering yeah. And which is quite efficient to drive productivity, but maybe lacks a little bit of, yes, conscious and care about people. Yeah. Totally agree. And another
1: thing that they are quite bad at is the innovation part and the creative part. They are really good at deliver and produce, producing when it comes to innovation and creating new ideas to meet the challenges of today they are not ready for it. They're not equipped for it. And we can see that five, six years ago, I was in a startup community and some of the big global companies in Sweden had sort of handpicked people and moved them out from their organization and let them create a hub at this startup community so that they can be innovative and creative. We usually say that the culture sits in the walls. So they wouldn't have
0: to feel that culture that it could do whatever they want. Yeah, you're right. That's another sign that organizations are trying to reinvent is this admiration that mature organizations have with this startup ecosystem. And if you look at the description, of course, if you're in an organization where uh, it's a common and control, ideas come from the top and people are supposed to implement then you lack this idea of emergence, of new ideas. They should come from people who are already doing the activities. So how do you drive this bottom-up discussion? Yeah. Going back to the three principles, can you elaborate on them? What self-management, wholeness, and purpose stand for? Sure. Uh, When it comes to self-management, what the
1: teal companies do is that they have I wouldn't say gotten rid of the managers, but the managers have maybe gotten new roles. So they empower all people to make decisions, drive different initiatives, take more responsibility, and they create these self-managing teams. So the company leaders or company managers is not needed anymore. And this could be, Scary for a lot of companies because what happens with the managers then? What's the role for me if I'm a manager and I've been a manager for 25 years? What am I supposed to do? So that is really exciting to see what happens there. When it comes to wholeness, wholeness can be different things. It could be about transparency that we share every report, financial report, every information, everything is open to everyone. To access and read and because if you are supposed to make decisions in a self managing team, you need to have the right information in order to make that decision. So that's one way of talking about wholeness in an organizational perspective. But it could also be that me as an employee can feel that I can come as the person that I am truly and authentically, not that I feel that I have to put on a jacket to take on a role. So we're all accepted for the authentic people that we are. When it comes to purpose, that's the platform for the organization. And it's about what are we supposed to bring to this world? What do we w- want to contribute with as a company or as an organization? And how do we do that? Uh, we, and that's and It's like a guiding star, the guiding north star for the
0: organization. Mm. I'd like to dive into each of them. Self-management, I think, is at the root cause of many misunderstandings when we talk about horizontal organization, because some people think that's a great opportunity to make savings. Mm. You just remove the middle management and you keep on asking the same things to the rest of the team and you ask them to self-organize. That's not what a team organization is about because that can drive the opposite reaction. Instead of empowering people and make them more happy and engaged, it can just increase the burden and increase the stress. So how do you manage to avoid this risk? Mm. Oh, that's a big question. I think there are a lot of things you need to do before
1: you go into self-management. You have to set the right conditions. That is not something you can say that, well, on Monday, we're going to get rid of our managers and we're going to become self-managing. That's not going to work. That's going to create the backlash that you're talking about. You need to prepare relevant processes. You need to have an advice process. You need to have a, a decision process and so forth so that people know how they can go about making decisions, asking for advice. You also need to have a coaching environment to set up so that you can find support. You can't go to your manager. You need to know how can I get support and coaching from other people in order to succeed. And I think you also need to look at the culture in the company. Do we have the right culture that supports becoming self-managing or do we need to work on something there? Do we have the right employees? Do they have a mindset so that they want to take more responsibility and that they feel that they can do that? That's also a process that you have to work with people to to get a mindset of wanting to become self-managing. So it's, it's quite a long process to work with. And you also need to look at how the performance system is. Do the KPIs support a self-managing
0: system or do we need to to change the KPIs? Yeah, self-management is all about how to work together. So you're not supposed to go on and take the decision on your own. And it's all about working closely with one another. So once. A decision is taken. Everybody is standing behind this decision because they've been asked for advice. So they've been Mm. engaged. It requires a lot of process and probably training and facilitation skills. Unless you provide that support, you risk the backlash that we've mentioned, that people feel scared. Yeah. And that's what we see
1: happens in some organizations that don't have the right conditions set up, they get rid of the managers and then you don't have the support and people just say, no, we're not going to do this. It's not for us. This is a complex question and you need to plan for it.
0: The wholeness, I think that's Frédéric Laloux who is explaining that he doesn't really support this whole trend around happiness manager and that is more into wholeness ping pong table and mm. and a happiness manager and being able to order pizzas on Thursday, whatever. That's not what teal organization is about. It's, it's about feeling that you can be yourself at work and you can say when it's going well, but you can also say when it's not going so well and you need support or you don't think a process is working. So what he calls wholeness is this ability to express Who you are entirely, expressing your rationality, but also your intuitive self, being able to share a gut feeling that's also serving the innovation and creativity and trust. Is that how you uh, interpret this idea of wholeness?
1: Yeah, that's one part of it. Another example is that I'm a member of the financial department, for example. You're being recruited into this sort of cubicle in the organizational chart. Maybe I have more to contribute with in my personality, in my skills competencies, go outside the financial department, but they are not uh, recognized or accepted or maybe uh, being promoted in a hierarchical organization but in a teal organization i can show all of this tell well i can do this i can do that and make my own initiatives and say well i really interested in taking on this project it's not in the financial department but i'm really interested and i know i can do a good work here as well so looking at the person human being in another way of just that
0: I have a role in the financial department. Because in the early stage of transformation, there is work being done on roles rather than job description to break the silos where you have finance, quality, procurement, sales, and also to give the opportunity to people to expand and express Mm. all their talents. You put all the cards on the table and what are the roles available or the needs? And then who wants to take that role and, and that role? Exactly. I I compare it with
1: the Swedish Murgers board. We put everything up on the table and I can say, well, I like that. I like that. And I can contribute with this. I don't like that. And then we can sort of agree together who does what and see, okay, is there anything left on the table? And what do we do with that? And we prioritize together and see if there's anyone else is interested and maybe could contribute in what's left or otherwise it maybe it's not a good good idea or maybe it's nothing that's important that we need to address so maybe we just remove that from the table then and what's the name in swedish smorgasbord the way we're eating we have like you know the herring and köttbullar uh, and, and sausage
0: and everything so it's <laughs> you you help yourself at the buffet. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to the third one, purpose, that's something we hear a lot about. Why is it a very important part?
1: I think it's important for every company, even though you're not a teal organization. This is why you exist as an organization. Seeing it now, when we're talking about sustainability, when we talk about organizations making a difference, I think they need to step up and see how can we as an organization make a difference in the world and deliver on a positive climate change and so forth. But what it means is that okay, this is why we exist. Uh, This, if we talk about Simon Sinek
0: and he's talking about the why, this
1: is the why. The purpose is the why.
0: I'm going to put the link with the Simon Sinek TED Talk that is so famous mm-hmm. about the why, where he explains that the profit, which used to be the why, is a mean. And the purpose is, is what do you bring to the world? If you have a strong purpose in a company, you can already engage employees. And especially the younger generation now is looking at that rather than the career or the or the salary. Um, exactly. And for a team organization, it's all the more important because you don't have the normal decision process. So if you want to make a decision as a group, then you need to refer to a common goal.
1: Exactly. It guides you in your decision process. And you can sort of map the questions. Is it supporting our purpose or is it not? made a little more easier to make decisions and set the direction for the company if you have the purpose.
0: Sweden is seen as a haven for work environment and work-life balance. Especially Sweden is perceived as a culture of consensus. Consensus is not what is promoted in Chile organization, but rather consent. So you don't mm-hmm. look for everyone to agree but you make sure that no one disagrees with the recommendation, with this idea of we're not going to find the perfect solution ever, but we want a solution that meets the purpose and that is good enough. And if it's not good enough, we're going to improve it and iterate to the point where nobody around the table will have any significant critique. Do you think that's a difference? Yeah, I think so. If we could adapt that,
1: and it takes forever to reach consensus. That's why I think consent is better because then you reach a decision earlier without having to drag on with discussions forever and ever. I hope we go more into a consent culture here in Sweden.
0: In France, work-life balance is not as strong as uh, what you find here in Sweden or in the Nordics. People can stay long hours at work. You have uh, some politics. So I can really see why a teal organization can be uh, inspiring, because people want to have more work-life balance, to be more considered into the decision-making, and less pressurized, basically. But I don't see that here in Sweden. So I wonder, what's the benefit of a teal organization in that context?
1: I agree with you when it comes to work-life balance. We do have that, especially when it comes to startups and some smaller companies, but when it comes to larger organizations, I can see that we might have gone the other way. Like 15 years ago, we talked about the Swedish leadership and that it was democratic and it involved everyone in consensus-driven and so forth. But I can see now how global companies have bought Swedish companies and global leaders or managers have come here to Sweden to lead Swedish companies, I can see that the hierarchical ways, control and command and planning and so forth, has come here in Sweden as well, more again. So I think it depends on what companies you look at. So how do you work with organizations that want to transform? Yes, me and a partner have just launched a program called Purpose Impact, where we want to help companies who want to become purpose-driven organizations and we help them to create that platform that I was talking about where you set the foundation for the organization with a clear vision, a clear purpose that is implemented in the organization and they create a strategy to implement it and how they can then collaborate with their stakeholders, with their employees and create an organization that is resilient and uh, future approved, so to speak. Uh, so that's one way of doing that. totally uh, uh, made online with coaching from us. And uh, another way of doing it is with a, a workshops and supporting uh, the managers who want to go in this direction and helping them. It, it differs from company to company on what kind of support they want. And need. Uh, so I can't say that, well, this is a protocol because I, I usually tailor-made the solution for uh, each company. But mm-hmm. this uh, the digital program that I was talking about, Purpose Impact, that's one way of streamlining so that we can deliver it to, to more companies because we, we see that the trend is escalating and it's going really fast. And this is a way to support small and medium-sized companies so that they can create this platform.
0: So do you have a set of tools to work on the roles, on the decision-making, on getting advice? Exactly, yeah.
1: It might be that they need to create a good culture and they need to do some culture work. It could be that they need help, as you said, defining the advice process the decision process. It could be that you need to clarify different roles that you have. It could be that you need to work more with empowerment.
0: It varies what the company needs. What is amazing, I think, in the book is he describes that there is no subject that couldn't be addressed in a self-managing manner, even the budget or even the salary increases. Yeah, <laughs>
1: I would suggest you don't start with that. Yeah,
0: probably <laughs> that. That might come a couple of years into the process. <laughs> that's the end game. Another thing that is interesting is, uh, so the whole book is based on a, a study that Frédéric Laloux has done over a couple of years, and it's, it's now probably 10 years back, but... 100 companies were identified by him as Pioneer, and they were big and small companies, private and public company. They were NGOs and industries, service, and uh, yeah, all type of organizations, really. Do you see that diversity as well in in Sweden in your network? Uh, Not really. So far, I can see private companies,
1: uh, smaller companies, and NGOs as well. Uh, Not so much in the public administration. We do speak about trust-based leadership in the the public administration. Takes more time when it's a bigger company to do that. But I think we're moving in that direction in in different aspects. And what are the biggest challenges? I think you need to have the patience. You need to understand that this takes time. It's not a quick fix. Uh, Another thing is that you need to have the board um, management team with you. You as a CEO need to sort of be the one in the front going with the flag there and saying, this is the way we're going and always be cheering on. But if you don't have the support with the board and the owners, uh, you're not going to succeed. You're just going to be
0: challenged all the time. And the challenges among employees themselves. I think
1: there's a challenge that what you do need is to give the employees the support uh, when it comes to self-leadership. You're going to meet, well, what's in it for me and why should I do that? That's the manager's role and so forth. So so you need to,
0: to work on changing the attitudes and the behaviors. That's the other sign of the coin in Sweden, is that the work-life balance is a cardinal value. It's meaning that I'm not going to spend my nights and weekends at work.
1: Yeah, but if your role is changed. Maybe you don't have to do all the things that you used to do before you became a TEAL organization. If you put all your responsibilities up on the table, as we were talking about, maybe some of those responsibilities are taken on by someone else. So you might not get more uh, on your workload. And And that's part of wholeness, just to say, well, now I have too much on my hands. I need help. Can someone help me take some of my
0: responsibilities? The whole point as well is people who had management as the major part of their role, they are now able to take on more productive roles internal communication should happen in a more ongoing manner rather than having to report to your direct manager, reporting himself to his direct manager. And all this is supposed to be more efficient.
1: Yeah. I think you can see that administration time is less in seal organizations. Maybe the manager's role transfers into being a coach, or maybe you don't want to be a a manager or a coach anymore. You want to do something completely different and that's okay
0: as well. So, You mentioned the pandemic and how the fact that we now work from home also changed a little bit the landscape. Well, I think we've been
1: talking about before the pandemic that we were heading for a paradigm shift when it comes to how we work and how we organize and lead our companies. And I can see that we have been actually thrown into this change already. We're living parts, at least, of this change when it comes to control and command and planning and the way that we've done before. That's, you can't do that anymore when it comes to you. can't have the boss standing behind you, looking over your shoulder and controlling what you do because you're working from home. And the manager needs to have trust in the employees in another way that they maybe have done before. So I think that, yes, we are living in a change world when it comes to leadership and organizations and i think that's great yes there might be negative consequences for instance with people who maybe in small apartment and their social life has been around coming to the office psychological problems might occur but i think in general i think this a way that we should continue when it comes to work-life balance i think this is great i think we're going to continue working this way maybe not five days a week, but maybe two or three times a week.
0: So you feel that's accelerating everything? Yeah. Because we are not close and seeing each other at work, we need to be even more caring for each other. Absolutely. And now if we broaden a little bit to um, transitions Plural, all the transitions ahead, we sometimes speak about the world after. Do you feel confident that the society is moving in the right direction? I think that we need to address them more quickly and adaptively
1: than we do nowadays, and especially when it comes to how organizations can help in creating sustainability and create meaning at work I think we really need to push that forward more than we do now so I think yes we are going in the right direction but it needs to go faster
0: mm. yeah a conflict in time the urgency yeah. of the situation and the time cultural transitions take mm. is a challenge yes. and do you have a book or a quote you'd like to share
1: uh, one called the purpose economy that might be interesting. There is one called the purpose effect, which I think is quite good to start with, and another one called uh, uncover your true north. It might be more about your personal purpose, but that is equally important when it comes to m- create meaningfulness for yourself in your own life uh, to find your own purpose.
0: I would say. Thanks a lot, Ellen, for your time. Thank you. <laughs> And thank you all for listening. If you like this episode, please put some stars on your podcast app, share it on your favorite social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and send me a message with a comment or an idea for our next guest.